This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. In some of the concentration camps during World War II, one of the psychological tortures that they used to do was they would get the prisoners, the the prisoners of war, to, uh, they'd say, look, we have all these bags of sand you know, like, like sandbags, and you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to eat your tiny little ration, and then you're going to pick up the bag of sand, and you're going to walk it to the other side of the camp. And it's a massive pile of sandbags, and then so the Nazi soldiers say, go, and the prisoners of war have to pick up the sandbags, and all day they're lifting sandbags and carrying them to the other side of the camp. And by the end of the day, there's little left and they pick up the last few bags and they drop them to the other side of the camp. And they're just about to go to bed. And the soldiers say, and tomorrow we'll move them back to where they were this morning. And then, so the next day they wake up and they are forced to pick up the sandbags and move them all the way back. And day after day after day of doing meaningless work, meaningless work, we've all seen the photos of their bodies withering away, them getting hungry. But the psychological element of doing meaningless work is truly profound. And it's talked about by many of the survivors. Australians like to work hard. We even have a band, Men at Work, have a band. Two in a hundred people work over 70 hours a week in Australia, which means that maybe at least one person in this room works over 70 hours a week in whatever your job may be. It isn't just in the secular workplace. 42% of pastors feel like walking out of their congregation or quitting every year due to burnout. 42% of pastors across the world feel like quitting every year due to being overworked, being tired. Luckily, that's not me. I'm a youth pastor, so. But 42% of pastors feel like they're burnt out every year, which is absolutely crazy. If you were in the room and you feel like you are overworked and you are stressed, well, this sermon is for you. Work is important, but work is tiring, and it is also important to rest. In fact, God made a Sabbath. We are meant to rest one day a week. And Jesus says, all who are weary and burdened, come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest is an important part of our lives. It's an important part of the gospel. It's an important part of the Christian walk. We can't just be picking up sandbags every day, dropping them off one side and then picking them up the next day, dropping them back the other side. And if you are working over 70 hours a week, well, tell your boss to call me. (laughs) And I'll say it will be for your spiritual health to rest. (laughs) We're going to look at Luke 10, 38 onwards today. It's the story of Mary and Martha. And I think it's a good one. So let me read it for you here. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary and Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving 
And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In order to understand this passage, we're going to have to look at it from a few different angles. We're going to have to look at the context that Jesus is in, and then we're going to have to examine that context in our own lives. Here's the context. Now, as they went on their way, so that's Jesus and his disciples, they entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into our house. Uh, Really important for the context of this story, Martha is sort of a common olden days name. Sorry if her name's Martha in the the room. I once did know a Martha, actually. A Martha was a worship leader at a previous church I was at. Wonderful name, but it certainly sounds old. And Martha, she welcomes Jesus and his disciples into her house. What a wonderful thing to do. All through the Old Testament, people would welcome prophets into their house. And this woman obviously saw Jesus as some kind of a prophet, some kind of a teacher. So she's welcoming into her house for like a, to eat Now, I don't know what they would have been eating in that day, maybe a roast lamb and a piece of flatbread. I don't know what they might have been eating, maybe a few glasses of red if you're a youth. Don't even think about it. (laughs) If you're an adult, it's good for the stomach, the Bible says. So take that as you will. So she's welcoming into the house and she's slaving away in the kitchen. She's, you know, cleaning the house. I don't know if, I mean, for me, I have a Bible study every Thursday or or I invite people to my house and people say things like, Oh, you know, your, your, your bathroom's so clean. Your house is so clean. It wasn't half an hour ago. <laughs> Tell you what, I rushed home and I cleaned that bad boy. You know, I'm picking up things left, right and centre. I'm doing dishes, never worked as hard as I have in my life. But I tell you what, I've got this whole facade that I keep my place clean, but it's not true at all. So I can imagine Martha going home, she's cleaning everything, she's making sure everything's perfect and then she's gone in the kitchen and she's cooking up some flatbread on the stove, she's cooking a lamb because that's what they're eating in those days. And then when Jesus is in the lounge room teaching his disciples, you know, they're all sitting around, they're all lounging just like we are today on the couches, they're all lounging and listening to Jesus and then Mary's right there, right there at Jesus' feet, sort of like sitting, taking it all in, really sitting, taking it all in. And Martha's in the kitchen, she's slaving away, she's putting things in the oven, or she's putting things in the, in the fire. There's <laughs> probably, she's, she's, you know, I guess there's no door for a fire, is there? It's just constantly hot. Because I just have this image of like, like, I don't know, Martha opening an oven and, you know, all the steam comes out and Martha's getting frustrated and she's dripping with sweat and she's, and she's going over this end and she's like, oh, let's make something special for Jesus. We'll make cheesy garlic naan bread. And she's, just, she's adding a bit of garlic, adding a bit of cheese, never enough garlic. You know, she's slaving away in the kitchen. And then Martha's just, she's just sitting listening to Jesus and Jesus is saying things like, love is good. And, Martha's, and Mary's just taking it in. Oh, wonderful and Jesus is saying things like love your enemies and Mary's just sitting there like ah wonderful and then back to Martha and she's slaving away in the kitchen she can't she's trying to hear what everyone's doing over there but it's like the fire's crackling back in that day it was the role of the disciple to sit at Jesus's feet and as we know Jesus's disciples were all men Mary was not only taking a break from the kitchen. She was doing something that only men were supposed to do. To learn from the teacher 
was a thing for men. And for some reason, Mary feels confident in the presence, confident enough in the presence of Jesus to go and sit at his feet and do what only the men were supposed to do. And so Martha is thinking, what is my sister doing? I'm slaving away back here and she's doing something that she should not do. In fact, she should be in the kitchen with me. Should, should, should. My first point tonight is shoulds are ship, S-H-I-P. But I'm not going to be talking about uh, boats tonight. So maybe you can just sort of try to figure out what I'm trying to say. But shoulds are ship, S-H-I-P, which is a safe word for a church building. Shoulds are ship, S-H-I-P. Just want to make that really clear for the podcast listeners. <laughs> shoulds, shoulds, you should do this, you should do that. I don't know if we talk that way at church, you know. Uh, I, I hope you don't feel that way at this church. Like you should serve and you should give your money and you should be quiet and listen to the sermons and you should jump around when the youth song comes on and you should do all that you can do in your community and you should and you should and you should and if you're a good speaker you should become a preacher and if you're good at making cupcakes then you should join the hospitality team you should you should you should and if you're young you should only be on the band once a month Ooh. And if you're old, you should attend the senior service. <laughs> and if you have kids, you should keep them quiet while Lewis is preaching. <laughs> should, 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 should. Shoulds are ship, S-H-I-P. Mary knew that. Mary knew that she should be in the kitchen serving. And she knew that she should not at Jesus' feet. I wonder what your should is. Perhaps it's in your normal everyday workplace and it's like you should stay back. I picked up a youth from Macca's the other day after, after church. Oh, the booths aren't here, but Micah, was, I just, Micah just happened to be at Macca's and I happened to be going to the booth's house to hang out. And then I, I, like, I, didn't, I, I didn't plan on going to Macca's, but I went and got a, a, a lovely meal and Micah was slaving away in the background. And then I was like, oh, Micah, I'm actually heading to your house. Should I just drive you? And he was like, yeah, call my dad, tell him he doesn't have to pick me up. And so Micah's there slaving away. It's getting close to what it would have been. I guess it would have been like seven, maybe it would have been eight o'clock. It's getting close to eight o'clock. And I hear his managers, manager sort of say, we're really busy. You should stay back 15 minutes. Now, Micah knows that shoulds are, you've heard me say it enough times. And Micah said, no, actually, I have to go. But I thought, wow, that is a lot of assumed pressure on a however old Micah is, if he's 16, to look a manager in the eye and say, yeah, you're trying to make me stay back 15 minutes, but I've got someone waiting to pick me up. And I thought, I was looking at this man, it was like three minutes until he was meant to finish, and I thought, what the, what the heck? Like three minutes until you're meant to close your shift and you say, oh, stay back 15 minutes. You should stay back 15 minutes. We're busy. Now, maybe that's okay. I'm sure you would have loved Micah to stay back 15 minutes, but I wanted to leave as much as Micah did. 
But I wonder if in your workplace it's like you should do this or you should do that and you end up working 70 hours a week. Or maybe it's at church and because you feel like other people aren't doing things, you feel like you should. And so it's like, oh, I should uh, do the hospitality every week or I should set up the chairs or I should come in every day and make sure it looks as good as it possibly can because I should. I was like that in my previous church. I did everything. I did everything. I was there like I was there on the, the, Bible, uh, the Bible study night on Monday and then I was at a connect group another week during the week and then on a Wednesday night I was on band, I was rehearsing for the band and then on a Friday night it was youth ministry and then on a Sunday I would attend two services because you absolutely should attend two services every Sunday and I was just working and working and working at the time I didn't at the time I didn't even realize how much I was doing it was just like I should be doing this to live a good Christian life I should be doing this and I don't even think I realized how tired I got I don't know if you're like that if at church you just feel like you should do so much that you're actually being overworked or maybe it's school and it's HSC. I'm all for studying for the HSC and I'm all for uh, studying for school in general. But if you feel like you, 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 you have to, it's like you should, you should, and it's like it's consuming your whole life, I believe you'll actually study better if you take a break every now and then and take a rest and relax. Because if you're hypertense and you're hyper-stressed about what marks am I going to get, what am I going to do, how's, how's this going to work, and you're hypertense and, and you're hyper-stressed, I think the study will actually be less effective. But if you can relax and take time to rest every now and then, I believe your study will be more effective. Shoulds. Mary knew the better portion. She knew that if it meant going against all of society, all of everything, it was better to sit at the feet of Jesus. It was better to sit at the feet of Jesus. Number two, Jesus likes cheese sandwiches. Mm. Jesus loves cheese sandwiches. I wonder if when Jesus was at the house and Martha's, we're assuming here, but let's assume Martha's in there cooking a roast and getting the gravy just right, <laughs> cooking the flatbed doing all the different things, lighting a few candles, getting the mood ready, playing smooth jazz pop on her um, Google Home, getting the mood going, making sure everything's clean. I wonder if Jesus would look Martha in the eye and say, Martha, I'm happy with the cheese sandwich. Just come sit at my feet. Just come sit at my feet. Why can I assume that? But he says this, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I know you want the roast to be perfect. I know you're anxious and troubled. But Mary's chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. It certainly seems to imply to me that he's saying, Martha, I want you to choose the good portion too. I want you to choose the good portion too. I wonder if Jesus would say, it's fine if I have to go hungry. I mean, Jesus has done that before, right? When he's teaching on the mountain and all the disciples are like, everyone's getting hungry, Jesus. Everyone's getting hungry. And he says, we'll just make food appear. And you have the boy with his lunch, you know, a couple of loaves, a couple of fish. Jesus takes it and multiplies it for everyone. It's like, Martha, I've made a bunch of food before. I can do it again. Come and sit at my feet. And I think that's the same with, with church as well. 
I think Jesus would say, keep it simple. I just want you to sit at my feet. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time. I love the youth band because it sounds perfect to my ears. I don't care if there's a few mistakes every now and then because Jesus loves cheese sandwiches. I'd rather have the mistakes and give our young people an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus than teach them that it needs to be perfect. Truly. And I'd rather have our dim lights and fairy lights draped over different things than for this room to be perfect. And I'd rather have the weird patches on the wall where people have painted over all the youth mistakes than not let the youth make mistakes and kick soccer balls at that wall. So if you come on a daylight service where the lights are on and you see the random patches on the wall, it's because we're letting our youth sit at the feet of Jesus, even if that means kicking a soccer ball in the auditorium every now and then. I want our young people to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want them to feel safe and comfortable in this place. I don't want them to think they need to be perfect. I don't want them running around the kitchen making sure it's all good. I want, I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. And number three, choose the greater thing. I'm being more candid than I probably usually am tonight. But I preached a really heartfelt message on Friday night at youth that was really on my heart. And this morning at Greenhouse, I got to preach a message that was also honestly really on my heart. And so I just want to speak from the heart tonight. And if I'm very honest, I put a lot of effort into Friday night and I put a lot of effort into this morning and this evening. I did put a lot of effort in, but it was very, it was over a long period of time because I actually thought that I was meant to preach this message last week. And so I wrote it. And then over this week, I've sort of just continued to think and it's turned into like a morph between a message that I had all together ready for last week and my, my real deep thoughts during the week. So I apologise that you're getting my candid self, but you're getting my real self. And it's that so many people right now are tired. And maybe we're tired because in our everyday lives as adults, we're going to work and we're working too hard. And I think Jesus would say the greater thing might be to spend time more with your kids, for example. I think Jesus might say the greater thing is to spend some time in devotion with me. I think Jesus might say as you're driving to work and you're stressed about all the things on your mind and you're stressed about all the things in your mind, I think the greater thing Jesus would say, hey, just take a moment in your car on the way to work to pray with me, to speak with me. I think Jesus wants to give the weary and the burdened rest at his feet. And I think if you're young, I think we can be stressed and burdened, whether it be the HSC, whether it be practicing lines for a musical, whether it be we come to youth and we're serving and we're serving and we're serving and you're at like everything, you're showing up to everything and it's a busy thing. And I think Jesus would just say, rest at my feet. I think Jesus would say, when you get home and you're lying in your bed at night, chuck your headphones in, put on your favorite worship song, spend some time with me. You don't have to be so busy. And I think Jesus would say to me as a pastor, I think he would say, Lewis, you like to rock up early on a Sunday night 
and you like to get the chairs perfect and you like to get the light, the, you know, you like to hang the lights and you like to, you like to waltz around the back while the band's rehearsing and you, and you, and you like to be, you like to be like my youth leaders tell me off because sometimes I get so in the zone that they'll be speaking to me but they know my mind is somewhere else. <laughs> and I think Jesus would say, rest, Lewis, rest, rest. Don't be a Martha. Come sit at my feet. And I know that I would be a more effective pastor to the people of this church if I spent more time sitting at Jesus' feet. Because all the shoulds that I think I should do this, I should do that, I should do this, I should do that, I don't think they matter to Jesus. All the shoulds, that don't matter to Jesus. And I think Jesus would say, Lewis, I'll have a cheese sandwich, please. Not everything needs to be perfect all the time. You know how long it takes me to get dressed for a sermon on a Sunday? I've whittled it down to like two sets of clothes that I really like. It's why I wear the same thing all the time. Because I used to stress about that. Oh my goodness. It was drilled into me as a kid that you dress nice for church and... It's like if I'm preaching on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, like, oh my goodness, the amount of times I had to redo my bun to make sure at least some of the strands. I think Jesus would say, rest. I'm fine with a few loose strands. And I think Jesus would say, choose the greater thing. In your everyday work life, in your church life, in your school, in your study, choose the greater thing. Work is good study is good all the church stuff and serving is good but this will be a service where we choose the greater thing some people would say Lewis if you let people choose the greater thing all the time it'll fall apart no it won't because there's a lot of people who are weary and burdened in need of rest and I want this to be a place where they'll get it This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.